Hello and welcome to the Narrowboat Podcast. My name is Lydia and this is a series of conversations between me and other individuals or companies who have taken to the water. In this episode, I'm joined by Wendy from wendywitch.co.uk. She and her husband have owned a boat for 20 years and have been living aboard for 10. Wendy earns a living as a white witch, giving tarot card readings and casting spells, as well as conducting pagan spiritual ceremonies. I know very little about witchcraft, so I'm excited for Wendy to debunk some myths for me today. So, hi Wendy, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, how are you? Great, thank you. Well, actually, thank you for having me on your boat. You're very welcome. Lovely to be here. So first of all, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what your interests are and who are you? Okay. So my name's Wendy and I'm married to Phil and together we have two daughters, one of which lives in Wisconsin. So we only get to see her on social media and she has three children of her own. And then our youngest one lives very close by and she's a ward sister at Milton Keynes Hospital. And she has a little boy and another one on the way as well. So that's rather nice. And we have Henry the dog too. Yes, you might be able to hear Henry the dog in the background at some point. uh... (laughs) He's got a ball stuck in his mouth at the moment, so he's not saying much. (laughs) Yeah. So you, uh, you live on a boat and have done for how long? Yeah, so we've lived aboard for 10 years. We've had boats for about 20 years now, but we've lived aboard full time for 10 years. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So for a living, you uh, you describe yourself as a celebrant and a white witch. Yes. So do you want to explain <laughs> that a little bit yeah. for some of our listeners who might not know anything about paganism and things like that? Okay. So I'm a pagan celebrant. So I conduct pagan weddings which are hand fastings and pagan baby naming ceremonies which are essentially weddings and christenings if you like um, how people used to celebrate ceremonies before organized religion so this is going back to the old ways and how people used to get married without um without the religious connotations yeah and it's become quite popular for people who maybe don't believe in a organized religion now yeah it's paganism is very much a nature-based religion uh, sorry not a religion it's a belief mm. so it's it's more about sort of being in tune with nature living within nature and watching the seasons and celebrating the wheel of the year for mm. instance the summer solstice and the winter solstice and the equinoxes too and yeah how people used to in the old days before they had technology and, and things like that to help them along yeah. And it's, is, is it something that is passed down through family or do a lot of people find it themselves now? I think a lot of people find it themselves because, um, and I think perhaps a lot of people maybe do it because they don't like the label of being a pagan or don't like labels. So I think perhaps a lot of people actually are pagan because they embrace the beauty of nature and they live within nature, but they don't like the, they don't think of themselves as being a pagan because some people think it may be a derogatory term. Right. Which in like heathen. But um, in fact, it's becoming well known now as, as, a, as a proper belief now. So yeah. yeah. And when did you come to paganism, or when did you discover it? I think well, when I was a when I was a child, I'd like to think I was born a pagan. So it runs in the family from my dad's side. My mother is a, a Christian, so um, 
we used to, I mean, we used to live quite near the church, so we went to church quite a lot. And I used to like singing in the choir. Yeah. Um, my dad, not so much. He was more into gardening, growing things, looking at nature, um, making things from pottery, that kind of thing, and old English folklore as well. So I had the best of both worlds, I think. But I think the the my dad, I resonated more with my dad's belief right. than, than my mother's. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you start to bring that into your, I suppose, professional life then? Why did you start actually conducting these ceremonies yourself? Uh, I've been, I can't remember exactly how it came along, but um, I've been conducting hand fastings for many years. Um, my husband and I were hand fasted ourselves and the ceremony meant so much to us. Yeah. And then it was again, it came from my dad. He said, well, you could do this now for other people if you wanted to, you know. So um, I started conducting ceremonies ex- for friends for for free to start with mm. and then again it was it was actually beginning to cost me money because you need quite a lot of paraphernalia yeah. and things to to conduct a ceremony so my dad said well why don't you just turn it into a business so yeah. so Wendy Witch became a registered business in 2000 and um, I've been conducting ceremonies ever since amazing so, yeah there's not really a church or like a, a place of worship for the pagan religion is there? No. So, no. so where do you do all these ceremonies? And okay. things? So there are there are there are actually pagan sites all around England, which we're really lucky to have. Stonehenge, of yeah, course, it's being a massive the most famous, one. yeah, and Avebury, and there's lots and lots of stone circles where people meet, and special places where people do meet and and have ceremonies. Mm. When it comes to things like hand fasting and baby naming ceremonies, we do the ceremonies wherever you wish. As long as we have the landowner's permission. So we have, in Milton Keynes, we're lucky we have a tree cathedral, which is beautiful. Yeah. And that's lovely for weddings. Um, um, but we, I've conducted weddings in people's back gardens or on a beach or just down by the river. Or, yeah. Yeah. So they're really adaptable to whatever is is special to you and your partner. Yeah. A lot of people have their own special place, whether it be in the middle of a forest or wherever. Yeah. To, yeah, to have their ceremony. Yeah. Anywhere. Where where are some of the loveliest places that you've you've done some? Okay, so we um we did one uh, that was very exciting. We did one in the Singing Cavern in Dudley, yeah, which is only for a couple of boaty friends, and that's only accessible by boat. Amazing. So it was great fun. So we all got on the boat at the beginning of the day and sailed through this cavern, um, through this tunnel to this cavern and all got out at the other end and they've got like a stage there all set up for concerts and things. They do think they do quite a lot of events there. Yeah. And we all got out and uh, in this huge cavern that was all lit up with all these pretty lights. That is and had the ceremony there and then we all got back on the boats and all came out again into the sunshine. And yeah. it was yeah, really wonderful, really wonderful. But it's mostly it's mostly um countryside, trees, forests, um some people want to get married in a pub garden because it's very convenient for the pubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and a lot of pubs have been have been really accepting of that as well. Yeah, yeah I can so imagine. It's good. Yeah. yeah, and also do a lot, quite a lot of people like to just do it at home because that's sort of where their heart is and when they feel comfortable. Yeah, we've done a, a lot of ceremonies in back gardens. Um, it's especially convenient for people with young babies as well because they don't want to go too far from home maybe when you've got a, a young baby. So yeah. we've done lots of ceremonies in, in back gardens. So yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, and it does. Yeah, it gives you that nice, homely, comfortable feel. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, okay, so you called it Wendy Witch right off the bat. So you were already doing your sort of witchy things at that time as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I already considered myself to be a witch because I was practicing witchcraft. Right. So 
let's debunk that a bit (laughs) a lot of people people won't know what that means or you know will just be a little bit scared of that idea of being a witch and things so why don't you just explain that a little bit so again it's being very much in tune with nature um a lot of witches we have different paths personally i feel quite an affinity with the moon right so for instance i if i wanted to do a spell for growth i would do it when the moon is waxing Mm -hmm. and if i wanted to do a spell to banish anything then I would do it while the moon is waning and use the energy of that of the moon to help me with that any spells cast on a full moon are very powerful yeah that's something to be careful of but um it's simple spells really I mean it's you've probably cast a spell yourself without realizing it Mm. if you've ever blown out the candles on a birthday cake and made a wish yeah that's essentially what a spell is yeah it's just wishing for things to happen and using tools for example like candles or incense or whatever's your bag if you like to help you focus on your intention um Mm. to help other people so it's all about it's a it's a bit like praying really yeah okay so a bit like the um the the secret or the asking the universe yes yeah yeah um, yeah so yeah, okay. So that's not so scary then for most no, of us. No, it's lovely. Yeah, and it's all good stuff. And you have to remember that if you're going to practice witchcraft, that whatever you put out into the universe will come back. This is this is my personal belief. Will come back as threefold. So if you put good stuff out into the universe, then it will make you feel better, make you feel happy. Mm. If you do anything bad or feel have bad intentions towards other people mm. in whatever form in the universe, then that's going to make you feel bad in. No, yeah in return it's just all that yeah. law of attraction type type yeah, thing yeah. what comes around goes around yeah or karma if you like yeah, yeah. what you yeah. put so, out you get back exactly yeah, yeah brilliant yeah. okay and i just like to see people happy so i just like to help people if i can yeah you know? <laughs> and what what kinds of um of spells do you do for people then or when when you have clients in who ask you to do a spell for them okay what sort of spells are so they? love spells are really popular right <laughs> Dangerous. Yeah, so (laughs) even something as simple as um, carrying a rose quartz around in your pocket would make you more attractive to love, for example. Um, If you wanted to go further, you could light a red candle, maybe, and you could press some rose oil into the candle while you're burning it. But yeah, so there are lots and lots of different love spells. You could use roses, you can use herbs and spices, but it's all about the intention that you're putting out there. The one thing to remember with with love spells is that you can't change other people you can only change yourself yeah. so because everybody has free will so yeah you can't make people love you but you can make yourself more attractive to love yeah and uh, another really popular one is um it's a really old one actually and it's all about harmony and balance for people to feel more confident in themselves yeah and it's just a piece of cord and you tie knots into this piece of cord um and just make a wish every time you every time you tie a knot in it so it could be for self-confidence for example right to a job interview yeah and you just tie the knot in the cord and then you could carry the cord with you and if you're feeling anxious you could just hold on to the cord just to make you feel extra safe yeah oh it's really yeah. lovely another good one for uh, children is um if they're having nightmares just if you give them a moonstone and tell them that the moonstone will make them keep them safe and make them feel happy, they will instantly feel safe and happy when they're holding on yeah. to their moonstone because it's that, that power of suggestion. Yeah, mm. it's really powerful. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to know more about the sort of importance of the moon and things like that. I know you touched on it a little bit. What is 
waxing and waning of the moon. What is that? Okay, so so the the moon the lunar cycle, if you like, is twenty eight days. Mm-hmm. Say so we have a full moon every twenty eight days. Yeah, um, and then halfway through that cycle is the new moon. So when from the new moon up to the full moon is when it's waxing, so it's getting bigger essentially, mm-hmm. um, and then and so it's bringing power to you. Um, and and so yeah, very good for spells concerning growth because the the moon is growing bigger. Yeah, okay? and then the full moon is very powerful, and it's usually powerful for about three nights. Um, and then when it begins to wane, when it gets smaller, back to like the crescent that you see, and the new moon, which is actually called the dark moon because you can't actually see it at all when it's complete when it's completely new. Yeah. So and that's a kind of a new beginning. So it's a cycle in itself. It's like it's like everything in life we believe as a cycle mm. and it's just tapping into that but from a scientific point of view i think if you think um the moon has so much power over for instance the tides yeah and we're full of water yeah so it must have some effect on us I yeah mean, i'm of not course. a very scientific person so it must have an effect on us yeah when um, i was telling my boyfriend that i was coming to meet you today he said you must ask her about the fish i was like what are you talking about but apparently or when it's a full moon then they have this thing they call a mirror, a mirror moon or something, or something like the the carp, the really big carp. That's when they feed a lot oh, on right. the full yes. moon. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so apparently people, fishermen, anglers, catch huge fish yes. and loads of carp and things on that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of nature is guided by the moon. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, th- and throughout the year, we have every full moon has a different name. So, for instance, the September October moon. Some people call it the corn moon because it's all about the harvest. Some people call it the harvest moon, which mm. is more familiar. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible how the moon affects people. I mean, I know even seahorses as well. They only give birth on a full moon. Right, okay, I didn't yeah. know that. I watched Did that I? in a documentary really recently and I'm like, how are they so in tune to that? And it was actually, it was on a um, a zoo documentary and I was thinking like, how odd that even though they're in a cage essentially and they're in like a dark cavern in, in within the zoo, yeah. how they're still so in tune with that because obviously yeah. they're in water. Yeah. They're so in tune with that and they only give birth on the full moon. Yeah. See, I believe that things like that have actually just been honed through like the millennia, you know, and it's it's just within all living things, whether it's humans or animals or trees or crystals or whatever. And I believe that that same thing is the essence of all of us, if you like. I'd love to know how that affects us with, as you say, because we have so much water in our bodies, like... What does that do? Because yeah. so lots of people say that their their moods really change with the moon, and yeah. if there's a full moon or something, then they'll be really moody or something. Yeah, I have a lot of friends actually that find it quite difficult to sleep during the full moon. Really? So, yeah, and then but they have one special friend. She says she has no problem sleeping at all through anything, no conscience, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, so I think yeah, it can affect you in different ways. And I think if you sometimes if you speak to some members of the police force as well, they will tell you they they, they will have a really difficult night on a full moon yeah, as well. People go mad. Yeah, go mad. Yeah. So <laughs> lunatics, which is comes from Luna. Luna. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd never mm. thought of that before. Yeah. So, and you also charge up your crystals and things on the yes, full moon nights. Yes, I do. I put them out on the roof. Very convenient living on a boat. Yeah. I can just stick everything on the roof. Yeah. Underneath the full moon. Yeah. And that helps to charge up all the crystals. So putting the energy back into all the crystals. I've got some wands and goblets and other witchy paraphernalia as well. which I So I stick it all up there under the full moon. It all gets charged up again for the next 28 days. What does that mean, charged up though? It's putting the energy. Yeah. It's putting okay. energy 
back into the crystals and back into the the tools that I have so that they work to their very best. Okay, so they're full up, if you like, like a battery being yeah. full of charge. Fantastic. And alongside that, you also do tarot card reading. I do. Because yeah. within the nature of the whole witchy yeah. thing, I suppose. That's going it? really well. Is it? I love my tarot reading, yeah. So how yeah. did you learn to read tarot cards? Uh, well, when I, my grandmother first gave me a pack of tarot cards when I was a little girl. And um, I just used to play with them because they've got kings and queens and pages and all sorts of pretty pictures on them. So I never, I didn't really know what they meant, but I got to know. And then she taught me a few basic spreads. Right. And it really resonated with me. I thought, this is really fun and I really like doing this and then over the years it occurred to me that actually the cards are telling me the truth every single time yeah so um so again I started reading for friends and family and practicing and kind of looking into different decks tarot decks as well Mm. um and just got really interested. And then again, my dad said, you know, this is taking this, you've learned this over years and years and years. So yeah. you should be passing this knowledge on, he said. Um, and and it's using your time and your energy. He said, so you could charge for this and use that as part of your business as well, yeah. which I do. And I've had a few today, actually. And it's... and. I just just to see just to clarify things for people and and they come in and they're a little bit anxious and then I clarify things for them and people generally go away feeling so much better and so much happier. Yeah, so I had a, I a thing recently that said you should charge most for the things that come easiest to you. So yes. the things that you're best at, I suppose. Yes. Is, uh, yeah. 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 Well, the things that you're best at are the things that you're most likely to enjoy. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you ever did you ever do another like an office job or anything before this? Was this always your sort of yeah well I do. used to um I used to be a primary school teacher right <laughs> for a for a few I wasn't very good at it because I, was, <laughs> I was I wasn't I was really liked being with the children but I wasn't very good at doing all the all the work that you have to <laughs> do so I really I really admire primary school teachers for well, all teachers for the work that they do at home that you don't see them doing Just behind yeah, the scenes yeah. stuff yeah um and then I worked in a library for a while which was brilliant worked in several libraries actually and I loved that because it's a world of books and who wouldn't love that because I love reading as well so that was cool yeah and then just recently um I work part-time now in um just three afternoons a week in a local boatyard and I love that because it's completely different to the, my Wendy Witch stuff yeah and it's also keeping in touch with my boaty friends and helping boaters out as well and being part of that community yeah as well and yeah getting a bit down and dirty with the grubby side of the boating world <laughs> you know like the engineering and the and the blacking and that kind of thing as is well. that what you do then you actually no, I don't do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I let other people do that <laughs> no I just I work in the office so and it's the office is a chandlery as well so. oh I see yeah can you explain to us then what tarot card reading is and what the process is then just for anyone who is completely new to that so tarot card gives you clarification about the path that you're already on and it might throw up some warnings things to look for um, it might, for example, tell you to look in a different place in answer to your to any questions that you might have. Um, it doesn't predict the future per se, but having said that, it can tell you what kind of things to look out for in the future. Um, what people, for instance, you sh- you maybe should take advice from in the future, like the tarot cards who could describe a person that's around you mm. that maybe you hadn't thought about going to ask for advice. So a lot of the tarot cards represent actual people. So once you start explaining what sort of person that is, 
somebody could say, oh, yeah, that's that's Uncle Bert. Yeah. I never thought about going to ask him. So I'll go and ask him for some advice. Yeah. Or if you have money worries, the cards can tell you whether the money worries are going to be more um, like temporary yeah. or if they're going to go on for a while. Or how, yeah, or how you could perhaps get around around the money worries and where else you could look mm. in order to to help your problems yeah. yeah so when someone arrives so you draw how many cards from the pack i've never done it so okay. i'd love to so there's know. lots of different spreads that you could do right so i usually start off with a, a celtic cross spread which most people kind of are slightly familiar with okay right? so that's 10 cards mm -hmm. okay and then moving on from that if i wanted like a specific answer to a specific question i would just pull out three cards mm -hmm. because that makes it more concentrated but there are hundreds and hundreds of spreads and every tarot card will do it in a different way yeah there are horseshoe spreads or clock spreads or different spreads for specific questions as well yeah Oh, that's fantastic. And do you do you have lots of people who have never done it before yeah, come in? You do? Yeah, I like that. And they don't know what to expect. And they're always a little bit worried. Yeah, that always, would be me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love to do yours. So you mustn't worry about it because um, I think a lot of people are worried about it. And, and witchcraft as well. People are worried about this kind of, they think it's the dark arts. Yeah. And I think Hollywood has got a lot to answer for when it Maybe. comes to things like that. Kind of films about witchcraft and, and Satanism and yeah, all this kind of bad rap dark things yeah and they're usually horror films and things like that mm. in fact it's not like that at all it's all very positive and light and happy and yeah. and we're all good people and yeah and so will you then talk through those sorts of issues of what the cards reveal together it's become a bit of a counselling session yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it does sometimes, yeah. And and yeah, and you do have to, yeah, you do have to be uh, very careful. You Sometimes I almost feel like a doctor or something because somebody will pour out all their all their personal stuff to me. And of course, I of course I keep it to myself. Yeah. Everything that goes on in the tarot reading is completely personal. Sometimes people come along and they'll say absolutely nothing at all. Yeah. And then you wonder how it went. And then they'll get in touch with you later on in the day and they'll say, oh, thanks ever so much for that reading. Maybe yeah. That made a complete sense to me. But because they just don't want to vocalise yeah. at the time. So they don't have to answer questions. They don't have to vocalise their questions. They can just think them. Yeah. And it'll work just the same. But after the when I get when I have a new person, after the first initial spread, and then when they realise that nothing horrendous is gonna happen, people yeah. start to relax. Yeah. And you know, and then they become more forthcoming and I I can ask them, I said, Do you have any questions? And usually people say, Yeah, can you tell me about so and so or can you tell me about this? So, yeah. yeah. And do you think that you sort of carry other people's burdens and things with you sometimes after you finish like does it can it sometimes change the course of your day it's can make it can wear you out yeah if you have two or three or maybe four tarot readings in one day it yeah it can be quite tiring mm. but um but then yeah I'm quite good at kind of I'm quite good at relaxing <laughs> so I'm quite good at, at sitting down and switching off or just picking up a book that has got nothing to do with witchcraft or tarot so I'm, quite, I'm quite into kind of modern contemporary fiction so anything like that I can just pick up and it just helps me to switch off yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you usually do a session for about an hour is that right yeah it takes about an hour because I like to get people comfortable maybe have a cup of tea yeah. and I don't like to rush it so an hour is just about right yeah, yeah. and I saw on your website you said you're always happy for people to bring cake oh yes bring cake <laughs> <laughs> which oh, I relate to 100% yeah yeah we, yeah we eat a lot of cake yeah <laughs> I, know, that, I can get on board with that <laughs> 
So we're here in your in your lovely boat today, but this isn't your first boat, no, is it? So no. let's talk about your first boat that you got oh, 20 years ago. Yeah, loved. Yeah, so our first boat was called Irene and she was an old iron boat. She was built in 1927, so she's nearly 100 now. And we'd been, my husband and I had been looking around for a boat for a little while and hadn't found one that one that we could afford and one that we really kind of fell in love with. Mm. And then it was just through a friend for a friend that we came across Irene. So we went to have a look. The guy told us how much he wanted for it. We didn't have quite enough. So bring on another thousand. Yeah. <laughs> that old phrase <laughs> that keeps coming up. That's what stands for. Bring out another thousand. So, yeah. so we did that. Yeah. And bought Irene and we were just so excited to have her and um, yeah. but we had Irene for a, actually about 10 years before we actually moved on to her full time so yeah. we just had her for weekends and, and that was because the girls were home and you yeah, were the, still yeah our youngest girl was still at home yeah mm -hmm. Chloe was still at home so and she wasn't keen at all to live on a boat <laughs> not so everyone is no 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 so that's fine so we waited until she was older and then we waited for her to move out but she never did so we thought okay we'll, we'll move out instead so we moved out and left her the house <laughs> yeah and I must tell you because it was the process of moving onto the boat obviously it took a few months and then a few weeks and then we were just getting our last bits on and then the day we actually decided right this is the day we actually move out of the house and move on to the boat we drove out of the little close where we lived and a Tesco delivery van came around the corner mm. followed by a Sky TV van okay right. so I got in touch with Chloe and I said is that your Tesco van? <laughs> yeah, it is actually. So yeah, she made herself <laughs> very at home. She did make herself at home. So. But she was happy, and our eldest daughter was happy in America. Yeah. So we were happy to to move away. Yeah, yeah, to the boat. Yeah. So as that was such an old boat, it didn't have all of the the modern luxuries. I assume. <laughs> no, it. She was uh, all twelve volt. So we had a little 12 volt television that was like about three inches square, <laughs> black and white thing that were just hardly worth watching at all. The water supply was like a pump on the floor. So if you wanted water to come out of the tap, you had to stamp do the foot on, pump. Yeah, do the foot pump and let the water come out. And um, yeah, and we had an, an old Lister three pot engine in beautiful engines. If you're into engines, three pot Listers are great, but very noisy, very dirty. And, and, and the engine was actually inside the boat as yeah. well so it took up a lot of space but I mean looking back you know you think you know what we put up with and, and how we coped with it but we were so excited about just having a boat yeah. and, and moving aboard and living on the water and moving around and that whole sense of freedom and naivety and <laughs> so sort of took over and we just really had lots of fun and we just got over these things we just coped you yeah know. if we wanted to get the washing done you go to the laundrette but you didn't have hot water we did have a little gas boiler but, oh, it, was, okay. but it wasn't very convenient so um it didn't work very well <laughs> so we didn't use it a lot i just used it. if i wanted hot water i used to put the kettle on yeah, so just have a wash. Yeah, just have a wash. Wow. Didn't have a problem. We did have a shower, but that wasn't connected and didn't work very well. Mm. And it was right next to the engine as well, so it wasn't the nicest place. To right. Be, so. Yeah. But it's amazing what you put up with when you're just happy living a really basic life. Yeah. Going back to basics. I think you just adapt to whatever your surroundings are, though. I think it's like. Um we're like water aren't we we fill the space that we've been given if we're like water in a cup or something I think that's with money you spend what you earn with space you adapt yes. to where you are yes. and what you have and yes. I think that yeah you probably know yeah. no different when you're there yeah 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and you're quite right. You do kind of fill the space as you go along. Yeah. Mm. But yours was an old tug, so it had the really long front, is that right? Yeah, she was um she was actually she had she was pointy at both ends. Okay? Right, okay. She was a Birmingham Canal navigations boat. Right. She used to carry coal and tar backwards and forwards along the canal. Mm. But because they didn't turn her, so she was pointy at both ends. And at some point in the past, somebody chopped one of the ends off and made it into a proper rounded stern. Oh, right. Right. Um, um, which was actually made of steel. So the back end was made of steel. And then some. I think sometime in the 70s, somebody put like the top bit on to actually make it into a, a houseboat. But when we took all the floorboards up and had a look underneath, you could see all the old, you could see the proper iron bars and, yeah. and the bulkheads all keeping it all together. And the rivets, real proper rivets, which are yeah. Yeah, lovely. But she was, the front of her is, was quite impressive. She was a bit of a beast she was. Yeah. Fantastic boat. I met a man um, the other day when I was walking down the towpath and he lived on a really old boat like that as well. You know, sometimes they have the, um, almost looks like a shed at the front, you know, because yeah. it only used to have coal in or whatever. And I thought most people had sort of changed that. So even though it looked traditional from the outside, the inside was all livable, but he really was just in the cabin. Oh, and yeah. uh, and it was amazing. And then he was, it was him, his wife and his dog. And oh. I just couldn't believe they were in this such a tiny little space yeah. together. It was incredible. Yeah. How big was the inside of yours? Okay, so she was 57 foot. Mm. Um, she was cruiser stern at the back, so that took up quite a lot of space. Yeah. Um, so when with the engine taking up loads of room and a little bit of a bathroom. So we had about 30 foot to actually live in, mm. okay, with the kitchen and a sofa and... But we got loads of books, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they took up quite a lot of space. Yeah, yeah. thirty so, foot is pretty yeah, tiny. Yeah, so not a lot, a lot of not awful space for for visitors. Visitors would come and just sit on the floor or sit on the front steps. That yeah, became like a like a popular place to sit. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, thirty foot. But we were happy with books. that. You yeah, know? we we were so because she was such a piece of history, and we did such a lot of work on her to mm. bring her up to livable standards. We really fell in love with her. Yeah. yeah. So did you just have a um, like a sofa that would turn into a bed or No, not? we ha we did actually have a separate bedroom. Oh. But it was a, well not a separate bedroom, but we had a separate bed on the other side of the kitchen. Mm. And the water tank was on it was quite high because yeah. the water tank was built in underneath it. Mm. So that kind of saved a bit of space. But it was a it was like a small double bed. Okay. So can't imagine having one of those small beds. I mine know. is really big. Yeah. <laughs> no, mine is as well now. So yeah, but you just you know, it was exciting. Yeah. And I used to adapt. think about myself being the you know the princess and the pea yeah. which is really high up I always thought about oh I'm the princess and yeah. the pea now <laughs> yeah but now you're on a, a much more modern boat and much bigger yeah. boat inside yes. as well yeah yeah so um, she's um she's 67 foot so she's 10 foot longer mm. but she has a she's tr she's a trad stern yep. so we've got more space and the engine's underneath the back deck quite sensibly and not yep. in the middle of the boat and there's the the front is a little bit shorter so inside um, you know, it's a long way now to get from the bedroom to the front, you know, yeah. so it's a, it's a long way to walk. So, yeah, we're truly blessed with her. Do you think you'd ever have the engine inside the boat again, like by choice? If you were to get another boat, would you choose to have it under the boards? or? In the I'd middle? have it under the boards. Yeah. I would, yeah. I know a lot of people, and my husband's the same, he loves, especially the old engines, yeah. and he loves to see the boats, you know, when they have the side hatches open. Yeah, you can, and you see, can see the see engine. beautiful old engine. Yeah. He would love that, yeah. Yeah, I would rather have that space for comfort. Yeah, storage. <laughs> yeah. 
storage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and an entry. But I can understand how people would like that. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of storage, actually, you told me that you had a little lifeboat thing. Yeah. Yeah. When you... we had Irene, we had, um, she was like a shed that we first bought because we thought we could turn her into a shop for the Wendy Witch stuff. Mm. So, but it never really happened because we just used to use it to put stuff on yeah. the storage. So she became a shed. But she was um, old as well. Uh, she was an ex military lifeboat. Yeah. Um, and she, aluminium, but oak lined inside. And um, she was grey and she had a she had her own engine, but we never used to use the engine. We just used to tow her along behind us. Yeah. Um, so she just used to bob along behind. But she, yeah, she was just great for just putting stuff on that you don't want to get rid of, but you don't yeah. want in your face all the time. How did you even come across one to buy? I've never, I, I see people with mm. them and I think, where on earth have they got that from? Just living on the canal and getting to know people yeah. and boats come up for sale and say, do you want this? We actually swapped a car. My husband likes these classic cars. So we actually had an old classic car that he swapped for the really? boat Harvest Moon yeah but he still yeah. has a classic car oh yeah yeah he has a few yeah a few. <laughs> yeah this is amazing to me that you can have more than one vehicle whilst you're a continuous cruiser actually yeah. um so I wanted to speak a little bit about your how you've managed to keep a sense of community and you know a very normal life actually whilst you're continuously moving mm -hmm. so um yeah should we talk about, about that a little bit how far you go in a year and how you obviously you commute to the to the boatyard as well yes yeah so we um move every two weeks so and then so we move only about at the moment we're only moving about two or three miles because obviously both of us are working mm. and I have family quite nearby as well that I don't want to go too far away from yeah so we move every two or three miles maybe four or five miles if we're feeling a bit braver mm. and then we'll more we'll, so we'll spend half a day doing that and we'll moor up and then we'll walk back with the dog Henry because he's <laughs> quite a big dog and he needs no quite of exercise so we walk back and pick up the trucks and take the trucks to the boat. Yeah. And then because my husband has a classic car as well, so we'll drive back and get the classic car. Right. And they'll yeah. go and pick that up. So, yeah. You just kind of have to think ahead, really. You know, we're going to stop here. Yeah. There's parking there. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And when you've done the same stretch so often, you know you get all of know the good the places. places. Yeah. Yeah. So you both have a truck because uh, because your husband is a painter needs all of his equipment and yes, then you have all yeah. of your bits and bobs that you go to your ceremonies yes, with as well. Yes, yeah. So we have a truck each. Yeah. So. <laughs> a truck each and a classic car and yes. a boat. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. So I see on your roof you've got lots of plants. You're obviously quite a green thumb. <laughs> it's the one thing about actually moving onto the boat. That's the one thing that I miss. Yeah. And that's having my own garden yeah. and my own space. But there's loads of space on the roof yeah, for your garden. Yeah, it's just so, yeah. blank space really, so, yeah, I'd it? actually forgotten that. So, yeah, so it's, it's amazing the transition you can make. Because I, I did used to really miss my garden because it was lovely. But yeah. now I'm not quite so fussed you, about that. You never yeah. consider getting an allotment or anything like that? No, because I, like I like to have the space... I could have an allotment, but I like to have the space right there in front of me so that mm. I can just pop out in my dressing gown and a cup of coffee if I want. And, in and the morning. And about, yeah. Yeah, yeah my mum's like that. that. She's always yeah. out there just pulling heads and dead heads Oh, there's and always stuff. something to do, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> my mum loves her garden. I think yeah. she'd struggle with that yeah. a lot. 
Yeah. So you sell some plants outside your boat? I do, yeah. So during the summertime, I have um, a charity plant stall. So people gift me plants or I grow them from seed on the roof or I buy those, you know, those tiny little plantlets that you can get from nurseries. And I grow them on and then I put them on my plant stall outside the boat Mm. and all of the money from that goes to the Huntington's Disease Association. Mm. So and people have kind of got used to that now because I've been putting them out there every year for the last 10 years. Yeah. So people say, oh, Wendy's here with her plant stall again so I get the same people coming up filling up their carrier bags with yeah. all the plants and taking them home again so, yeah yeah and it's that's great because that satisfies my need to grow stuff but it also raises money for a charity that's really close to my heart as yeah. well so I feel really fulfilled with it with it all yeah yeah I even saw on your website that some of your witch work you donate a pound of, of spells and things yes to the yeah, Huntington's yeah, to, as well to, yeah so has it always been that charity or, or have you chosen different charities over the years yeah we have um we have Huntington's disease in our family mm. I have I have got three older brothers and and two of them have Huntington's um sadly I lost the, the younger one last year Tim mm. um so and and I could and I could I got in touch with the Huntington's disease association and they were brilliant and I could see the excellent work that they were doing mm. so and I just wanted to help I just wanted to give back you know so um so I asked them if I could be a, like a fundraiser and they said yes here you go and gave me a charity tin and and they were, they've been brilliant actually very yeah. supportive and yeah so it's, it's a charity that's very close to my heart because I can see the good work that they do for for people yeah and you've raised hundreds of pounds from over the years probably thousands I have never actually perhaps I should I should tot it all up yeah. sometimes shouldn't I but yeah every every year it's probably it's sort of two or three hundred pounds a year from the plant stall and it's got quite well known now people will just give me a fiver and say stick that in your charity tin love yeah you know, and because they know so yeah yeah, that's so really it's, yeah it's nice yeah great well this has been so lovely thank you so much for letting it's me come right. on your boat today you're very welcome Loved it. <laughs> it's lovely to have you here would you like a tarot reading now i actually would love one. okay i'll do one <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll sign off from the podcast um but yeah thank you again Okay, thank you. You've been listening to the Narrowboat Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please head to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. Check out the show notes to find links to anything we've mentioned, including where to find me and my guest on social media. If you'd like to tell your story in the show, you can send an email to narrowboat.podcast at gmail.com. In the next episode, I'm speaking to Calvin from The Boat Movers on Instagram. We'll be talking about how he went from a life of luxury managing Kate Moss to a life on the water, living on a wide beam and working as a helmsman. It's a good one, so definitely look out for it. But for now, thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next time.